Winnie. The Game 730 AM studio is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 730 AM. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Time to play the game. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 730 AMM. Message the game, 730 AM on Facebook. your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Howell. Welcome in on a Thursday afternoon, an emergency broadcast here of total BS on Offensive Minded with the me, Beanie, Ooh. and the Dwight Dream, Steve Goff. Thanks for being here on short notice. Well, I just returned from a whirlwind trip to Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah? I was in my Ford Fusion, and I was tooling around the one-way obnoxious streets following behind this really kick-butt red shiny vehicle with a mustachioed man and a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and a Detroit Tigers baseball cap. Handsome. And boy, oh boy, looked like he was after somebody. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's dig in. That's the big news at this hour. Just breaking moments before we went on there. And you know what? As fun as this little bit is, we got to give it the proper treatment here. We're all about production value here on Offensive Minded. U of M is dropping its litigation against the Big Ten. I'm going to read you a pair of statements here, and I would like you to, you know, find the difference. (laughs) There's a not-so-subtle difference in what's being communicated here. The general story is the same. Press release from the University of Michigan from just moments ago. This morning, the university, Coach Harbaugh, and the Big Ten resolved their pending litigation. 
The conference agreed to close its investigation, and the university and Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the three-game suspension. Coach Harbaugh, with the university's support, decided to accept this sanction to return the focus to our student-athletes and their performance on the field. The conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations. The university continues to cooperate fully with the NCAA's investigation. Hmm. Okay, well, that last part, that's not what I've heard. Mm -hmm. But anyway, listen to how that was worded. And then I'm going to read you the press release that came out at the exact same time from the Big Ten Conference. The Big Ten Conference's commitment to student-athletes, sportsmanship, and the commissioner's duty to protect the integrity of competition will never waver. Today's decision by the University of Michigan to withdraw its legal challenge against the conference's uh, November 10th notice of disciplinary action is indicative of the high standards and values that the conference and the university seek to uphold. The University of Michigan is a valued member of the Big Ten Conference, and the conference will continue to work cooperatively with the university and the NCAA during this process. Mm-hmm. A little bit different tone between those two. Yeah, I like how U of M's like, well, we've 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 resolved our legal matters, and Big Ten's like, yeah, U of M dropped its lawsuit. Well, I like how they said, and, and the Big Ten says that they still don't think that Coach Harbaugh had. Yeah. We don't. Did they say that or? They had to throw a carrot in there to keep, to keep U of M happy. That's what that was. You know, um, in the Big Ten one, like U, U of M is a valued member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we doing? Come on. Anyway, so look, that means Harbaugh will not be on the sideline yet again this weekend or next weekend against <gasps> Ohio State. So it's official now, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's uh, a big deal. We've covered that. Nah. So we've been blue in the face. How about you? Do you think that's a loss for Michigan on the game days? Because remember, the the suspension is only in effect on game day. Well, it, Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh, and, and you and I have definitely have our opinion and stuff, but he is a good coach, and we both said that. He's got his team prepped. They don't need him on the sidelines. They've got the horses they can work. Wait, actually, I'm getting more here from U of M. Let's go live to Ann Arbor for more U of M official response. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, look, there's, there's more going on here. Like, why would it happen today? That temporary restraining order hearing was scheduled for tomorrow mm-hmm. in front of a judge who played football at U of M, by the way. That was scheduled for tomorrow. And that's the one that Harbaugh was going to Colonel Jessup himself. Oh, and yeah. I want to speak. You know, I've, I've been watching a lot of Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not going to happen now. And that's disappointing. But I don't think that would have been a, like a broadcast meeting anyway i'm guessing not well anyway that's over but my immediate question when i saw this come through is why now what's the timing now this if i were a michigan fan i would be so frustrated because this could all be over with if they had just taken this approach when it all started yep it was two weeks ago tomorrow that Petiti and other big 10 brass met with michigan leadership in ann arbor and said, hey, listen, here's what we got on you, and we got to do something, and we got to do something unprecedented because what you've allegedly done here is unprecedented. And Petiti reportedly asked 
Santa Ono to impose a self-imposed an indefinite suspension on Harbaugh. And Michigan said, get bent. We don't ever take no for an answer. And the standoff happened, and that's why we got this. If they had just complied then, or maybe even got out in front of it when this all started back in like the Michigan State week, they could have given him a two- or three-game suspension themselves then, and this would have been over with by right. now. So why did they dig their heels in and fight and, and make this so much worse over the last two weeks? This grandiose display of defiance. Yeah. Yeah. And standing on their, their values and, and the truth and demanding due process. And Which, it all goes out the window six days later. Why? Well, something happened. And we can talk about that in a second and connect the dots. But I hope all the Michigan fans are listening because what I've been saying now for two weeks has just been proven true. This was never about due process at all. The due process argument was a convenient, however thinly veiled cloak to not even disguise, but present the pretense of a, of a disguise over the true ambition here which was to delay any and all punishment until after the season so yeah. that they can get a national championship just in. to buy some time yeah mm-hmm. it, it was a delay tactic exactly this was never about due. Pro- if this was truly about due process what happened today doesn't happen Mm-mm. michigan wouldn't relent because they would be committed to getting due process so what happened that's the next thing so it's, it's being reported out there that the NCAA has been on campus in Ann Arbor this week interviewing players. Now, apparently U of M has instructed players to cooperate with NCAA investigators. There are also some reports out there, not necessarily mainstream, that, that the NCAA is offering some form of immunity to, to players or oh. maybe in some capacity, which is interesting to me because I don't see how the players are in implicated to begin with you know i'm not saying they didn't know because i think they probably knew but that doesn't make them culpable no it's not going to affect them going forward yeah they weren't the ones traveling across the country illegally spying on other teams so what's the immunity angle for players i don't know that sounds a little nebulous to me immunity or an open gate to now is the time to explore your other options well, you get a, if your coach gets fired, right, you get that 30-day transfer window. But he's not fired yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's another angle, Steve, is if Michigan has changed its approach on this, will it change its approach on Harbaugh? Because when this all started, it was digging their heels in to support their guy. Mm-hmm. Will that change? I doubt it, at least in the season, maybe afterward. But here's what's going on. NCAA investigators have been on campus in Ann Arbor this week interviewing players. There is some reporting out there, and take it for what it's worth. I'll tell you, I tend to believe this because it's coming from Chris Ballas and TheWolverine.com, which is a blatantly partisan publication. Well, why would you believe that then, Beanie? Because it's negative about Michigan, for once. And if they're publishing something detrimental to Michigan, then that means not only is it true, but it's likely far worse than what they're putting out there. And go look what that guy is reporting today. He's reporting that some more stuff has been unearthed and uncovered. And that may be behind Michigan's abrupt 180-degree change in direction and course here. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then that ties into another coincidence. When this all started, these same types of Michigan publications reported that 
based on what they knew off the record, that this would take down at least one prominent assistant coach on Michigan staff. Don't know who that is, but I will tell you today, and you can go see this for yourself, that Michigan co-defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach Steve Klinkscale has suddenly deleted and scrubbed his Twitter account. Hmm. Now, could that be last night or this morning, Coach Klingscale all of a sudden realized he does not share values with Elon Musk and doesn't like the direction X.com is heading? Sure. 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 It could have. But let's be real. Let's call it what it is. The timing is awfully suspicious. Mm -hmm. So you connect the dots there. Are they connected? I think so. Can I prove that? No. But uh, look, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. (laughs) And where there's smoke. It's smoke duck. Yeah. So um, I, I'm guessing, here's my take on it. Opinion only. Yep, this is just my, my read on the situation. I don't have some super high-level inside info on this. I don't. My read is the walls are closing in. Mm-hmm. And they're not stupid, especially when it comes to legal matters. You know, they have a very high-powered uh, law firm they've contracted to, to deal with this for them. They feel the walls closing in. There is strategy behind this. They, they're doing this for a reason. This isn't random. And if I were a Michigan fan, I would be thinking, what the hell? We have been fighting this tooth and nail for three weeks. And all of a sudden, on a whim, seemingly, we've completely changed course and we're relenting. Why? That's the question Ooh. you need to be asking yourself. What? I, I hesitate to ask that question. What? Possibly. What 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 more smoke is out there? What's behind the smoke? <laughs> we're mean, gonna we're gonna get my, good mileage out of that drop today. <laughs> also, why is it like it starts with like a second of of, of nothing? We need to edit that. But there anyway, well, what's your read on it, Mister Dream? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I, I but like you said, there's got to be something more to. There's got to be something of some substance that makes. Something like that happened. It's just too coincidental yeah. for it not to be tied together. But again, I, I, what more could be out there? Like, what is the NCAA holding? I feel like, this is what I feel like. I feel like the NCAA has an ace to play, and they haven't played it yet, but they're, they're, there's a tell somehow that's, that's driving Michigan to look back and go, well, maybe we should rethink our strategy here. Yeah, something changed. Yeah. Something massive developed or changed because this this move is completely anathema to what they've been doing the last three weeks. Now, I could see them doing this if they had compromised and, and negotiated with the Big Ten to get this down to he's just suspended for this weekend against Maryland, but then he can come back for Ohio State next week. I could see them doing that. But even so, like that still would be a, a little bit of a departure from how they've treated this. So we're back to where we were before, though. He's suspended for these three games. Yep. Okay. So, again, but but is he really? No, just on Saturday. <laughs> just, That's it. Just on Saturdays. Which, again, you know, I'm not... When I say this, I feel like Michigan fans hear me saying Harbaugh has no value to the program. No, it's his program. But he operates the way a lot of excellent head coaches do. 
and that's he delegates on game days and he's just kind of overseeing the operation and only really getting in and getting his hands dirty for like fourth and one decisions and stuff like that. And even then, he just makes the call of are we going to go or not? And then the coordinator decides what if it's a yes. Right. So I just I don't think that's a huge loss. I don't think them dropping the, the legal battle is a huge loss. To me, the bigger deal is the implication. Yeah. What changed? Something big. Mm-hmm. Because Michigan has been, you know, full-throated in their vehement opposition to this. And Harbaugh wanted to speak. Yeah. He wanted to be in front of the judge. Yep. Hat in hand. By oh, the way. Probably not. <laughs> by the way. Did you hear this? This was, uh, who's the, is her name Jenny Taft, I think? The lady who does sideline reporting for Fox Big Noon. You know, the one who... Sharon Moore dropped all those F-bombs on last week. She was on Dan Patrick yesterday, and she said Fox is working with Michigan to have a Harbaugh cam during the game. So wherever he's watching the game from, they want just a nonstop camera feed of him. But why? (laughs) I don't know. Who would watch that? I... I mean, I, I want to watch. I kind of like Harbaugh. watching the the Manning brothers do the commentary for Monday Night Football. Yeah, <laughs> you want to watch Harbaugh watching the game? Do I want to watch Harbaugh on his iPod with his AirPods in, giving signals to somebody on the sideline? <laughs> Is he allowed to do that? No, no, because that's not allowed. For no, anyone. no communication. No, you can't. You can't have outside communication. Oh, okay, yeah. At, as a rule. I guess you, you could if you break the rules, but that's why people... Remember when D'Antonio had his heart attack yeah. in 2010 and he was in the hospital the very next week still? And people were like, well, why can't you just send in the, the decisions from there? It's like, well, it's against the rules. They, they're not supposed to have yeah. cell phones or their Apple watches yeah. getting info like that. And what about Bielema speaking of that? Talking about his, uh, his game against, uh, who was it, Northwestern? And how the Northwestern coach told him that during their game, uh, did you hear about this? No. Oh, I don't know what you're going to like about. this. So Bielema was interviewed and uh, talking about this whole scandal and said, you know, the height of sportsmanship occurred between our team. I think it was, when, I don't know if it was with his current team or, or whatever, but they were playing against Northwestern. And um, it, he had a conversation with Northwestern's coach, Pat um, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. So this was before this year. Yes. Okay. And basically said, hey, man, hey, Brett, we had your signals in our ear, in our headsets on the sideline, oh. I told my guys take them off. Don't do that. We're taking them off, and until they got it fixed, we didn't put them back on. So somehow the feed was was crossed. Yeah, and they were kind enough to to not participate in shenanigans, which is you know is a nice little uh, story for for Bielema to share. Yeah, you, you know? know one thing that's come out of this whole Michigan scandal, Sands, Michigan is. It has shown a light on how college football needs to just get with the times and regulate, like, the in-helmet mm-hmm. transmission, like the NFL does. In the NFL, if one team's headsets stop working, there's always an NFL guy monitoring it, so he turns all of them off. Yeah. For both, like, something like that. Why, I don't know why we don't have that already in college football. I don't want to hear that it's expensive mm-hmm. because money is no object. No. It really isn't. No, especially in the Big Ten. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, look, um, I'll put it out there for you. What do you make of it? Michigan dropping the legal push to, to get the suspension rescinded 
and putting out a, a press release saying as much. So Harbaugh is officially sidelined on game days only through the rest of the regular season. What do you make of it? My Again, my read, there has been a bad development for U of M. That's the only explanation I can think of. Why else would they do well 180 where they were fighting this on every possible front in every possible way to now they're just they're just going to go along with it like a cur like that's <laughs> it just doesn't make sense something happened and i think you could probably connect dots if you looked at the defensive backs coach slash co-defensive coordinator Stephen Klingscale's twitter has been scrubbed what did he do the same week that NCAA investigators are there well the implication would be he knew and he was involved with Connor Stallions Right. So there you go. It's out there for you. Oh, and hey, listen, let me use this opportunity because I got some beef from a few Michigan fans yesterday. What? After the show. No. When I was on air, I think it was either during the show or right before the show, the Associated Press broke a story that Connor Stallions did not ever submit an expense report for any of the illegal scouting he did. Hmm. Michigan fans wanted to know, why didn't you cover that? You've been covering all of this. Don't you think that's something you should bring up on the show? Honestly, no. And here's why. You guys think that's a positive development for Michigan. And I'm telling you, it's not. It's not. I don't know why you're taking a victory lap on this. This does not clean your hands of it whatsoever. I thought, well, to, to speak your language, I thought it was a nothing burger. <laughs> Honestly. And here's why. Let me ask you. Uh, Steve, can you name just like a, a, a notorious criminal that oh, everyone would know? Al Capone. Okay. Al Capone. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Do you think Al Capone had his capos submit expense reports? <laughs> yeah, so did Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you guys th- do the same thing. Do you think Pablo Escobar <laughs> said to his drug lord captains hey guys uh when you go across the border to kidnap some americans to hold hostage make sure you track your mileage yeah because we can claim that we want to reimburse you too <laughs> why would you think someone i mean michigan fans have told on themselves so much throughout the story about how they are incapable of critical thought what was the argument if they don't have an expense report, what? That it didn't happen with Michigan's knowledge. Oh, That's their point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, guys, listen. The absence of an official expense report lends more credence to their being knowledge of it. Why would he create a paper trail with the school? I know he was dumb enough to leave a digital and paper trail for the tickets. Right. But do you, doesn't this intimate that someone at the school was like, yeah, no, we don't want this on the books. Now, we, we don't know that for sure, but I'm just telling you, it doesn't vindicate you. It's not a good development for you. At best, it's neutral. Right. But I didn't bring it up yesterday because I had other stuff to get to. And I honestly just didn't think it was that big of a development. And they're coming down on me like I was withholding a good development on Michigan from the airwaves. Are you serious? Please. For a group of people who have really told on themselves throughout this thing, even that was pretty bad on your. This isn't good. Mm-hmm. Why do you think? Why do you think an operation that was predicated on secrecy? Why do you think they would create a paper trail out of it? It's, it's come on, it's common sense. 
Do you think um, who's a who's a who's someone that's under investigation right now? Like some kind of big white collar criminal? Uh, I I don't know. Former Ale- president, alleged <laughs> white collar criminal. Let me say that. Yeah, sure him. Now I know he's got a million things going on, and they're all over him trying to get all of his mm-hmm. stuff right. What's the big, the biggest thing with him right now? Is it the election thing? Like the denying the election and trying to overturn it? Is that his biggest issue? I, I would say, say that's, that's probably one of the biggest things, yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. <laughs> if the Washington Post or whomever submitted a FOIA and got a FOIA response back saying there are no official White House records of an audio recording of the former president saying... I need you guys to overturn this election illegally. Would that vindicate him? Survey says. How stupid. What are we doing? What are we even talking about here? Come on, guys. Use a little critical thought. Desperation. Other stuff we need to get to. MSU coaching search update. And presidential search update. Ooh. I need to get to my uh, weekly beanstalk. Do you know what that is, Steve? Yeah, I listen. I listen to the show. I, I didn't get to do it last week because all this other stuff going on, but I have it updated. You know, it's, my, it's essentially my power rankings of the top 10 teams in college fo- football, and it's not based on accomplishment, what they did last week. It's based on who I think would beat whom on a neutral field right now. Okay. So it takes into account, like, injuries and stuff like that. Uh, we got the Michigan thing all covered there. I even mentioned Fox wanting a Harbaugh cam, which, why? Although, you know, when he coached his first game for Michigan, I think that was on Fox. They played at Utah on, like, a Thursday night, mm-hmm. and they had a khaki cam oh. during the game. Like, you could go to one of the Fox Sports alternates to watch just a feed of all the people in khakis on the sideline. It was so weird. <sighs> you, look, Is that the required uniform for the cult? <laughs> We, we're we in broadcast, so we know. A lot of times, the stuff that gets put on air makes no sense, but it's there because it was sold to a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I, I have to believe that's what's going on here, right? Like maybe some big legal firm bought the Harbaugh cam. <laughs> Tom Mars's firm. <laughs> the Bernstein Advantage. Right. We go live to the Bernstein Advantage 1-800-CALL-SAM Harbaugh cam. Oh, and Jim is picking his nose. <laughs> it appears he's taken off his slippers. Yeah. Uh, Chris Solari at 525. We can pick his brain on this. And Michigan State hoops and Michigan State coaches. Not his nose. Not his nose. Yeah, we won't pick his nose. By the way, speaking of, like, sideline reporters, did you see Carissa Thompson, who was a sideline reporter for years for the Big Ten Network and Fox? She's now, like, a studio person for, what is it, Amazon Prime's NFL stuff on Thursday? She was on some Barstool show, and she admitted that a lot of the time she made up the sideline report. She just completely made it up. Oh. <laughs> and wow. other, like, current sideline reporters are coming down on her. Like right. Jenny Taft, the mm-hmm. one who's talking about having a Harbaugh cam. She tweeted and said, this is not journalism. This is not okay. I'm like, listen. Do you think she was hamming it up because she was on Barstool Sports? No, I believe that. And here's why. I can't take it seriously that Ginny Taft, a contemporary sideline reporter, is calling out Carissa Thompson for not being a bastion, an exemplar of journalism in her sideline reporting duties. Because let's be real, the only reason either of them have that job is because they're nice to look at. Mm. You'll notice there's no male sideline reporters outside of Tom Rinaldi. 
And by the way, when he's sideline reporting for Fox, he's splitting duties with Aaron Andrews, who is nice to look at. If this was about having the best reporter on the sideline, they wouldn't be there because they're not. The whole thing is a really cynical enterprise. Tom Rinaldi's a pretty handsome fellow. You think so? No, not really. Just trying to take the other side there. Is he the one who, like, when Favre was going through all his will, he won't, he, he was, like, camped outside his... No, it was Ed Werder. Ed Werder. Ed Werder was, like, the only other male sideline reporter I think oh, I can yeah. remember. But again, when there's a, a male one, there's always a, a woman on the other side to balance it out. You know, it's... What are we talking about here? Serious journalism from a TV broadcast? And by the way, Jenny Taft is criticizing Carissa Thompson for not being a serious journalist because she made up sideline reports. You work for Fox... Mm. whose college football product might as well be called Buckeye slash Wolverine Sports Network because that's all they do is follow them around and peddle that narrative for three hours every Saturday morning. Sure. It's Offensive Minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7.30 a.m. Total BS Emergency Edition. Sure, you could listen to Static. (laughs) Or you could get the free game, 7.30 a.m. mobile app in your app store today and listen longer without the interruptions from the Listen live to all your favorite moments in sports and hear all the action. The game 730 AM app also has tons of great restaurant deals for you. It's waiting for you right now in the App Store today. The game 730 AM app is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Talking about it like he stole it. Yeah, he probably did, too. Beanie Howell with Offensive Minded on the game, 730 AM. New Michigan fight song right there. Yeah, yeah. Breaking the law. Naughty, naughty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, the news, and that's out there for you. You want to weigh in on it. Michigan has officially dropped its legal action against the Big Ten. So Harbaugh will be suspended only on game days for the rest of the regular season. That is 100% official now. Your thoughts on that? Because... This is open to green and blue or any other color who wants to weigh in on this. My question is, what changed? Because it's a, it's a brutal 180. Like They were fighting every well, little detail of this, and all of a sudden they're a lap dog. They're going along with it. I was uh, listening after you were done doing your whatever it is you do here yesterday. And, uh, what is that supposed I'm to just, mean? I'm just teasing. But I heard the huge show. The huge show. 
And he had a Didn't lawyer. Didn't know you were on. a masochist. I know, right? I wasn't meaning to, but I happened upon it, and he had a lawyer on who just basically said that he thought it was a lock that Michigan was going to get out of this and that yeah. Harbaugh would be on the sidelines this weekend. Yeah, uh-huh. That's something else you can read into this. They probably didn't want to go through with that because they had an inkling it wasn't going to go their way. Mm-hmm. And look, <laughs> how is that possible? The judge who was going to preside over it played football at U of M. Wasn't there some... Wasn't the last name Schembechler? <laughs> <laughs> or isn't there some kind of relation to Bo? <laughs> Um, I did obtain, though, I obtained uh, audio from the Michigan legal team of their opening arguments. Here's what they had planned for tomorrow. (laughs) Pretty stirring stuff there. Yeah, compelling. Why wouldn't you want to go forward with that? Um, But that's another thing we should talk about, Steve, is, sorry, dream. (laughs) I think Michigan probably, with all this investigation, all these investigations going on, and investigators from the NCAA being on campus this week and interviewing players, and then one of their coaches deleting his Twitter, the idea of all of a sudden getting into a full blown legal spat that would result in a discovery phase against them was probably a net negative. But what is out there? I just want to know now. I want to know now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a structured set of men foot need Harbaugh's dirt now. <laughs> Call the NCAA in 2030. Yeah, it's going to be a while. You're going to have to oh, wait. It's going to be forever. Out to the phone line. 517-300-4263. First up is Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Well, all of a sudden I tuned into an episode of The Voice, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you believe you don't have to pay to hear this? Wow. Yeah. Well, I do think it's a case of let sleeping dogs lie. Something's come up, and they were told, listen, you take what you're getting and take it now, or it's going to get a lot worse in the future. And uh, they decided to kind of back down. I heard the huge show yesterday, too, and I don't usually listen. I happen to be out at that time. The lawyer they interviewed the first half didn't say anything, and he kept saying the same thing and the same thing. And finally, he basically said, it depends on which judge is there. There's one that's pro-Michigan and one that's not. They mm-hmm. get the good one, they're going to be maybe okay. If they get the bad one, they don't have a chance. And I, I, I don't know that they came down to that. But the last thing I'll say is I think uh, Mr. Khaki's going to be coaching the Chicago Bears next year, and that may be part of the whole thing is two, three-game penalties in one year. Yeah, he mm-hmm. can't stay. To, to yeah. Jeff's point, um, he, he is right. He is 100. Jeff's always on point. But the... Um, the uh, lawyer did say, and then he and Huge got into it, that the female judge they had previously is the one that came down on them and that the male judge would not. And that turned into a big, you know, to-do. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it sounded like she was more down the middle and the other guy was more leaning blue and You're nice. telling me there was misogyny on the Huge show? Can you believe well, it? Well, I never. I know. Uh, Jeff, is that all? Did you have anything else? Yep. That's it. Okay. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. I'll Thank keep, you, sir. Yep. I'll keep right on moving to Joe and Lansing. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on? I, I just think they probably figured out that the evidence against them was probably too overwhelming. And they just had too many uh, too many things over their head. And uh, they decided to take the penalty. Now, my question would be, is it the end of it? Or they can pursue it? And, like, because they just got their 999th win. Right, which is a big reason they were fighting it, because they're going to get the program's 1,000th win uh, in two days at Maryland, and they wanted 
Harbaugh there, and I've been told by people in the know they have like special commemorative, um, you know, gear that because what's the Roman numeral for one thousand, Steve? Do you know? M. That would be correct. Yes. So they were, it yes. was important to them to have uh, Harbaugh there for that, but now it's not going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, uh, just. It, it's now now for, with all the stuff that's went down, it almost seems kind of tainted that they uh, got those wins, and who knows how long they were sure. in that cheating scandal. Cheating scandal, and uh, you know, uh, it's you know, it, I, I I just can't figure out why they would uh, back down right before right. the Maryland game. Yeah, something yeah. changed. Some, they got wind of something, whether it was they were going to lose this TRO hearing tomorrow, whether they got an indication that was coming, or um, I'm sure, you know, to some extent, they don't want the discovery to happen in an actual, you know, legal setting because it could be devastating. It would become public info. Is this something that they just found out or something that they were hoping wouldn't come out? So I yeah. don't know that for sure. I can just tell you what, like, Chris Ballas of TheWolverine.com is reporting that new stuff came out. And the NCAA yeah. has been there all week interviewing players. So connect those dots. Plus, Steve Klinkscale, the co-defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach, has abruptly purged his Twitter. It is deleted. So it was riveting, too. I used to follow him. <laughs> One of the all-time great tweeters. No, 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 no I didn't. And, and I wanted to ask a question. I didn't get a chance to call him yesterday, but how do you think uh, – you think Michigan State's buff basketball team is going to be all right with just the loss they've had? It's early. And, Joe, don't get and, them all uh, fired up. Come no, I, I, look, I, it wasn't anything crazy. Did I say anything crazy yesterday, Dream? Were you no. I, okay. But you were thinking it. Joe, did you think I said something too extreme? I didn't even hear the show yesterday, so I didn't. I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah. We thank you for well, your loyalty, Joe. Yeah. Well, appreciate it, dude. No, <laughs> my, my overall take was pretty simple. I think this year... A lot of us came in thinking, oh, they've got all these. The same guys are back, except Hauser. They're going to win 30-plus games, you know, top five preseason ranking. They're going to tear through the Big Ten with, like, four or five conference losses and then make a Final Four run. Temper your expectations every year. Just make that I, your commitment. I think That's this, what needs to happen. Look, practically the same team is back, meaning I think it's going to be practically the same season. I think they're going to have double-digit losses. I think they're going to struggle a lot. There are going to be some serious growing pains as they try to figure out the rotation and get these freshmen like integrated into the system. Um, look, I don't think they're going to shoot God awful from three forever. I'm sure that'll correct itself. But uh, look, I think it's, up, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to win 30 wins. Uh, I don't think they're going to have 30 game, uh, 30 wins. I, I don't think they're going to get out of big 10 play with six losses. No, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a bitch. It, gonna, it's going to be some seriously frustrating times. Piling on to what Joe said though. Let, let's just, let's extrapolate that just a smidge. Where do you, I know you said yesterday you don't think that they're a blue blood program? No, so that's a top. You gave four pro. You gave four examples. They're bona fide four: Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, okay. and North Carolina. So beyond that is Michigan State. By and large, just let me throw some numbers out. Are they a top ten basketball program nationwide? Well, are we talking overall, all time, or same criteria you recently? would use now to describe your top four? Your blue bloods. Uh, well, that's blue blood is an all time thing. I would say Michigan State is like fringe, yes, fringe. Which, okay. Like the, so there's blue bloods, that's the top echelon. And right below that, I think Michigan State is somewhere in that tier. Okay, maybe so, closer toward the bottom of it, maybe. I don't know. 
So we don't have, we're, yeah. we're not, so you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying blue bloods <laughs> are in a class of their own and we don't add or subtract from that. That's not an open membership no, type no, of group. No, no, you can't just walk in. That's why state can't be a blue blood okay. because they aren't. No. And you just, you no, don't earn that status. Semi blue blood because of the fact that one national championship and eight final right. fours. And, uh, All, well, also, know, and I, this is what I said, Joe, I said this yesterday. Blue bloods don't lose 41 games over the course of three seasons. They just no. don't. Blue Bloods no. don't go three games over 500 in three consecutive conference seasons. Just doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. You know, Blue yeah. Bloods, any, anyone can lose, like an, have an upset, that's fine. But uh, look, Blue Bloods don't lose at home to mid-major teams in November. And I know no one wants to hear that right now, but they're just not, they're just not a Blue Blood. Michigan State, for three-plus seasons now, has been a mediocre, average basketball program. They will be back. Exactly. Yep. All right. Thanks, Meanie. Thanks, dude. I'll keep right on moving. Is this Scott? Scott. Uh, yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah. Hey. Hang on one you? second, because I I don't think you've ever called in before. Uh, tell me where you're calling for and just, wh- wh- where you're uh, calling from, and go on. Well, I'm driving. I'm driving into a rest area right outside of uh, <laughs> Lansing. So. All right. Good. Um, but yeah. But 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 that said, uh, as for the Harbaugh thing, it's really simple. Um, it, it's not that hard to figure out. Um, listen, We're they listening. broke the rule. They, they broke the rules of the big 10. So they don't like it. Then leave the big 10. Now, Michigan left the big 10 in 1907. People don't remember that, but they left the big 10 in 1907 for 10 years because they didn't like the rules of the big 10. Now that was 120 years ago, but they can do the same thing. And yeah, being, that's a good. I would. The, I'm gonna let you finish, Scott. But um, yeah, the, the, but, but, I would. I would the, argue that that's relevant because hey, if we're counting championships and games won against high schools from back then, we'd have to count that too. Yeah, but but, but the, the the point being is that they have the decision to make, and the decision is at the University of Michigan. You want to be a member, you follow the rules. You don't, then you take the punishment. And that is clear as day. And for the Michigan fans to sit there and parse, uh, parse rules so they can, they can think that they are exceptional is uh, erroneous to the fact that, listen, if you're a member of the Big Ten, they have a commissioner. You are a member. Therefore, you have to follow the punishment from the commissioner. It's really simple. So when they go into a court of law, in a court of law, they're going to sit there and they're going to say, you're a member of an association. Right. And as a member of an association, you have to follow the rules of the association. Yeah. You be a member of the Toastmasters. You know, they Scott, I heard um, a lawyer else. A lawyer told me when this all started that Michigan was going to have a really hard time if this ever got to court because of exactly what you're saying. Because Michigan... Yeah is a voluntary member of an organization and has, as such, has voluntarily agreed to abide by its, its you know, codes and laws. the case. You don't like it? Leave. Nobody's, <laughs> no, nobody's put a gun to the head of Michigan to be a member of the Big Ten. That's what they want. So you got to take the punishment with what you want. It sucks. But guess what? That's why follow the rules and don't cheat. And guess what? Everything will be just fine. I also Thank think, you. yeah, thanks, Scott. I appreciate the call. I also think, 
I keep hearing, obviously, the due process thing. We know that's total BS. Michigan's move today proves it. Sorry, I said total BS in a negative context. It's only positive here. Yes. But invoking due process was a lie from the beginning. It's not about due process. If it were truly about that, they wouldn't have backed down today. It's not a court of law. Right. There's that, too. It just is what it is. But look, um, yeah, I had heard that that would be a hard legal argument to win because they are not forced to be in the Big Ten. They agreed to do this voluntarily, all of that. Yep. I, Based I on the financial stats you shared the other day, this is the place to be. Oh, it is. Ten. It is. It's the richest conference. Now, Michigan's a big part of why. Well, of course. That's why them leaving the Big Ten. And by the way, like we talked about that the other day, in case you didn't hear it, uh, Sports Illustrated, Michael Rosenberg, who covered stuff here at the Free Press for at least a decade, I think, reported that Michigan's Board of Regents met last week to discuss leaving the Big Ten over this. Yeah, that's um, never going to happen because it would be mutually assured destruction. You, don't, you notice how in the Cold War, we and Russia did not annihilate each other? The same thing here. If Michigan truly did leave the Big Ten, not only would it be... Not only would the Big Ten not allow it to happen because it would be catastrophic to the Big Ten, it would be suicide for Michigan. It just would. Like, the next best deal you could get would be the SEC. And that's a significant drop in revenue. And let's be real, Michigan would not go to the SEC. They don't want that smoke. Mm-mm. They'd go to the ACC, and we're talking like 30 million difference right out of the gate. And this is a program that has like an all-time record profit last year of $17 million. Well, if you lose $30 bucks. You go from the biggest profit to an enormous deficit. Yep. And this is a business before anything else. Fun to talk about, like, ooh, will they leave the Big Ten? You know, what would happen if Michigan left the Big Ten? The Big Ten would go into full court press and get Notre Dame. That's fun to talk about, but it's just not realistic. Mm-mm. It's all petty, like cold shouldering. It's, it's the kind of fighting you get into with your boyfriend or girlfriend when you're in high school. All this, like, proxy BS. Well, I heard mm-hmm. that Jenny is thinking about dumping you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you can tell who you heard that from that I won't miss her. <laughs> and that she would be the one coming out on the negative. On the, you know what I mean? That's, that's what's going on here. Hurt feelings. Yeah, but while you were doing that, I was picturing Harbaugh saying those words, and it just, just looked funny. Which words? The words that you just said. <laughs> about, oh, yeah? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can make a meme. You can tell Jenny that she was a high-maintenance, low-productivity girlfriend. And, and instead, uh, I'm going to replace her with a chicken. <laughs> oh, uh, Let me work in one message here from the free game 730 AM app before we go to break here. It's from Spinebender and Hazlitt. And he says, this is delicious. Shot in Freud. I love the taste of their delicious, salty tears. Harbs, Harbs will be coaching the Chargers next season. Book oh. it. Chargers. Yeah. Well, Brandon Staley probably will get fired, I think, if they don't make the playoffs. But, you know, they've been in Southern California before. He coached San Diego for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of San Diego at the FCS level. Right. Back in a couple. Offensive-minded. Total BS edition. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on a backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Perkins scores from the right side goal line. 
Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. East Lansing, a town square media station. We're the station you've turned to for sports for over 30 years. The game, 7.30 a.m. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From the Breslin Center to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. I don't know what to say. I do. 507 in the capital city. Chris Solari, MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, coming up in about 20 minutes. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, the big story today, Michigan has dropped its litigation and will no longer contest Harbaugh's suspension through the rest of the Big Big Ten regular season. That was announced today. Talking about that. It's still out there for you. Fair game. 517-342-63. What do you make of that? Your reaction and what changed? You got to admit, it's a pretty big departure from the whole U of M innocent till proven guilty, demanding due process narrative of the last few weeks. To go from so vehemently demanding due process to dropping that the day before your temporary restraining order hearing was to be held in a favorable setting in Washington County Court in front of allegedly a, a uh, former U of M football player turned judge. What changed? You know, my take is they got wind that it wasn't going to go well for them. I also don't think they want any discovery in an actual court of law. That would be bad for them because it would be it would, all everything that would come out would become public information. I don't think they want that. There had to be some development, though, because this is a 180, a total 180 in how they've handled this thing. That's out there for you. Got an email, beanie at wvfnam.com. Bassboat Randy says, Harbaugh's not the first, as verified on Tim's show today, he's not the first college coach to go to court to fend off a suspension. I told Brock today, letting him know that Coach Tarkanian, the UNLV, and uh, running Rebels basketball team obtained an indefinite TRO in a California court to stop his suspension, and he was able to coach the whole season. 
Now do this for me, Randy, because I've looked this up and I can't find another example. Has there ever been a college coach who's been suspended twice in the same season? And each one for completely different things. I can't find that. By the way, this, you know, still a good shot of this going down as Harbaugh's best year at Michigan, even though it will probably be vacated. But that notwithstanding, it's probably going to go down as his best year. And do you realize he's going to have coached half of the games? Bizarre. It's out there if you want to weigh in on it still. Okay, got a message here. Hobbs from Puamo says, Beanie, I want to clarify my comments from yesterday when I said you were playing a very dangerous grass-is-always-greener game with Izzo. I was not saying you were calling for Izzo's firing. I was saying it sounded like you were wishing for something Izzo is not. He's not going to change, so you have to take it or leave it. As for me, I'll take all the years of success. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate that clarification. Yeah, I did think you were saying that I was calling for his firing because someone else had said that yesterday too, and that's that's not the case. But you are right. I know he's not going to change. Tigers don't change their stripes to begin with. And at least in my experience, I've noticed people at or near the age of 70 are pretty set in their ways. And as for him, you know, it's, it's worked out pretty well for him. I just, my whole point with yesterday, and I don't want to relitigate it, but my whole point was, why can't we have both at Michigan State? Why can't we do things that prepare this team for a postseason run in March, but also win these big-time non-conference matchups in November. I would just like to have both. The Blue Bloods can do both. Why can't we? That was my take on that. Anyway, let me move on because Solari's coming on in a few minutes. I wanted to, to get to a couple of other things. So there's been a rumor circulating the last few days that the MSU Board of Trustees wants to hire a president before they make the football coach hiring official. Now, I haven't seen that like verified by any mainstream media, but it is a fervent talking point in Michigan State circles right now. Whether it's true, I don't know. I think it's interesting nonetheless. But as, uh, look, I've told you since the beginning, I don't feel good about Michigan State landing a good president. And certainly I don't feel good about them landing a good coach because of the board. As Tim would say, this board could screw up a two-car funeral. And we might be witnessing that happening right now. The state news yesterday reported that the MSU board was down to two finalists for the president search here. A guy from, the guy who was the president of Texas San Antonio, Taylor Amy. I hope I'm saying that right. E-I-G-H-M-Y. And the chancellor of University of North Carolina's flagship campus in Chapel Hill, Kevin Guskowitz. Well, that came out, and this Taylor Amy guy bowed out, took his name out of consideration. So does that mean it's this Kevin Guskowitz's job? (sighs) Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say. So Guskowitz, again, he's the current chancellor at UNC at Chapel Hill. 
put out a statement today. I'll read it to you. Quote, through the years, a variety of professional opportunities have been presented to me. My family and I must weigh each one, and we are weighing this one. That's all he said. So we're waiting for him to decide. Sounds like they've offered him the job. It's his if he wants it. I don't know anything about this kind of stuff. I'm not going to come on in here and tell you that this is some great hire. It's a bad hire. I don't know. I would just like there to be a president in place. That'd be nice. Here's what I've gleaned about this guy. For one, he, he's not super old. I don't think he's even 60 yet. But here's a guy who, he's a hardcore academic, kind of like the, the current interim president at MSU, Teresa Woodruff. I like her just because she's been awesome with us on the White Law PLOC tailgate show. But also, she basically invented a whole subcategory of science called oncofertility, which if that interests you, Google it. I, I don't want to get into it right now. For one, I don't understand it very well. And for two, I don't think it makes for good radio. But this guy, Kevin Guskowitz, the UNC chancellor who Michigan State wants to take the president job here, and he's considering it right now. He's an academic and made his name for himself in the field of concussion research. So he's a big sports guy. And he's worked with the NFL and college football, I guess, on concussion stuff. And he's uh, risen quickly through the ranks. I mean, he was made dean of his college in 2016. Three years later, he's tabbed as interim chancellor for the Chapel Hill campus. And they made him the permanent one not long after that. So he's been the chancellor there for a few years. And if you're wondering what's the distinction what does chancellor mean? So University of North Carolina is a system. That means there are several campuses. The flagship, the biggest one, the main one, is the one we all know that's good at basketball, Tar Heels, right? That's the flagship, UNC Chapel Hill. Chancellor effectively means he's the president of just that branch or that campus, there is an overall president of the University of North Carolina who all of the chancellors of the individual locations report to. Because I always wondered that until I looked it up when the story broke last night. So there you go. So yeah, it would be a, <clears throat> I guess in that regard, it would be a, a bigger job for him. And I'm assuming it pays more. But are there any downsides to this guy? So I can see he's, he's had a tumultuous tenure based on some things that have happened. And stop me if you've heard this one before, but politics are involved. So I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this, but basically the most controversial thing this guy has been involved in is there was a statue on the campus at Chapel Hill at UNC called Silent Sam. And it was a Confederate monument. Well, you know, that, that's been a movement in recent years to have those pulled down all over the country. Of course, that happened there. Now, he took some grief because UNC entered into a, a legal settlement with the local Sons of Confederate Veterans Group. And basically, the settlement they reached was they would give, they would remove the Confederate statue from campus and give it to this group and also paid them like two and a half million dollars for upkeep over the course of the years. That pissed off a lot of people at North Carolina, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, younger people in particular, even in the South and academics skew one direction politically, you know, so this kind of thing is, is a, a mess. 
and it's a complicated geography too because North Carolina is a pretty conservative place in general, but then he's in the middle of the, the biggest university there, which they, they always skew left. So he got in the middle of that. And he did not take part in negotiations of the settlement. But, you know, he's the chancellor, so the buck stops with him. I think that earned him a lot of enemies because, surprise, when you get involved in politics, the best you can do is piss off half of everybody. And he did that, even though he tried to stay out of it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that's part of what is behind his calculus here to try to get the MSU job. Also, when you do something like that, you earn a reputation whether it's right or wrong. So I'm guessing there are a lot of people down there who don't think highly of him because of the politics now. He's from Pennsylvania, so that's a check against him too, right? Oh, he's a Yankee. So maybe that's part of why. Look, I think it would be a good hire just because I would like to get it hired. (laughs) And also he looks like an accomplished academic to me. Although again, I am completely ahead of my skis here. I have no idea what goes into this. But here's my, my two cents for whatever it's worth. It might be worth less than two cents because this is not something I know much about. The guy has been involved in a lot of very high-level controversies with a problematic political board. That should be the number one consideration for MSU's next president. It has to be someone who's not just willing to tolerate the politics and BS of the board, but really has experience navigating that kind of a minefield. But by the way, ask yourself this. They were down to two finalists. The one guy bowed out after their names went public. How did that happen? You can do the math. It was leaked. Why would it be leaked? Well, the state news reported the MSU board was deadlocked between the two and couldn't decide. What do you think happened? Now, no one's told me this. I don't have any evidence of this. But again, I say all the time, my best friend is a shrink. And he says all the time, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. I'm just saying it's not crazy to think that the half of the board that didn't want the other guy leaked his name because they knew that would get him to drop out so they could get their guy. This Guskowitz that I would be fine with state hiring, by the way. Now it's just him, and he's considering it. Assuming he says yes, which that's no guarantee, what's going to happen? The board's still going to be split and fight about it? (laughs) I mean, that's kind of their legacy. Again, I could see him screwing up this two-car funeral. I mean, it's only really a one-car funeral now. I could see him screwing that up as they're now apparently trying to hold up the football coach hire so that they can get this president hired first. If it only costs a few extra days or a week, I'm fine with it. But if this, if this guy says no and we have to start over again, no. You can't hold up the football hire for that. Not with early signing day and all this crap and trying to retain what's left of what was already a pretty meager recruiting class for Michigan State football. Let me get out. Chris Solari, MSU beat writer for the Free Press, is coming up. Pick his brain on that, the coaching search, MSU hoops, and we can talk MSU football on the field, I guess. 
It's offensive minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7:30 a.m. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show, presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game, 7:30 a.m. and Brock Palmbush every week, about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions' angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps, presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason, is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 738. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. From the Breslin Center to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. I can't wait to hear what Chris Solari, the MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, has to say about the news out of Ann Arbor today. Chris, how are you? I'm playing a little bit of catch up on some things, and that would be one of them. But tried to kind of parse through the dueling statements that appear to be a bit in conflict with each other mm-hmm. um, as to whether or not they're is an investigation. I, I, I'm not really sure that there was ever mention of a Big Ten investigation. So, yeah. So, certainly uh, some questions on some wording here and there. <laughs> I guess you could say that. But um, certainly, I guess I, I, I want to say not surprised that – uh, Michigan basically accepted the three-game penalty because um, I don't necessarily know if they would have had a favorable ruling, and you probably that's probably the only way you're going to keep Jim Harbaugh from speaking tomorrow in court, right? You think that they couldn't just rein him in? I mean, I agree with you. It would be disaster to let him speak in a court setting on this, but you don't think they could have talked him out of it? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I, that would put me inside uh, both his head and the university brass head. Yeah. And I'm not really sure that's a place anyone wants to be right now, <laughs> except maybe the Michigan State Board of Trustees. I don't know. What do you think I mean, changed, Chris? Like, because this, this is 180 I mean, I mean, from the fighting everything tooth and nail they've been doing for the last few weeks. Yeah, it really is. And, you know... It, it, it makes you wonder, was it all just a, I don't want to say sham, but was it just a show to play to the base, to placate the, to the fan base? Um, you know, knowing, I mean, we, we don't know what the Big Ten has revealed to Michigan. We don't know what the NCAA has revealed to the Big Ten um, beyond what was reported in basically the Washington Post story had the most, I think, concrete things, but Again, was that the tip of the iceberg? Was that a full Monty? I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, that's kind of where we're at with this is 
I, I and and based on a lot of the things that we've heard, um, there's a lot of layers of this onion that are still going to be peeled back and going to be peeled back um, by investigators at the NCAA level, by everything else. So I don't know. I, I don't know why it went from uh, such an impassioned defense to yeah, we're good. We're, that's fine. We're we're okay with that. I, I don't I don't get it. But there's clear clearly there's there's a reason for their acquiescence. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, pivot to Michigan State. So, you know anything about the presidential search? Apparently, it's it's this Kevin Guskowitz job, the chancellor at UNC Chapel Hill, if he wants it. Yeah, that's what I've I've been reading from the wonderful kids at the State News who are doing a really excellent job in obtaining uh, upholding and maintaining the standard uh, that of, of college journalism in the state of Michigan um, that I, I think that, you know, it's going to be an interesting situation. I mean, I've heard, I had heard early on that people had pulled out um, of the, the presidential search during the Mel Tucker situation and you get all the way down to this, then you have two candidates. It somehow gets leaked again. And now granted, um, I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute, but you know the fact that uh, you know one of them pulled out that it might not have just been because of the leak; it might have been because they had offered the job to someone else. That's oftentimes what what you mm-hmm. see in this situation. So I do think it'll be fascinating to see if he does accept it. But as the side note to this, uh, I want to go back to the summer of 1993 uh, when MSU had an extensive presidential search and the state news. And this is this is a historical. Thing. I mean, state news has always been on top of these types of stories. Um, this was before, right before I started here, uh, during summer orientation. As a matter of fact, they had the list of 60, 70 some candidates that they had that MSU was looking at, at at that point and did bios on each of them. And it was a massive section, a real frustration point for the university at that point. Um, which at that which was trying to replace John DiBiagio, and eventually did with Peter McPherson. So, I think it's interesting that this guy has no ties to MSU as well, because you know when you look at this job on paper, it should be an easy job to attract candidates. But we all know why it's not mm-hmm. in, in being around here for myriad of reasons over the last couple months, let alone the last couple of years, let alone the past decade, right? Um, you know, there's there's, there's obviously a, a need for a strong leader. Um, so I do think it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, running UNC Chapel Hill is no small task. And I know that uh, he's had his share of fires to try and put out. Right. Um, so if, if I guess if you're a little prepped for it, maybe that's a good thing. Um, but the whole world of different politics here than it is in the unc system yeah and he's a sports guy i guess he made his 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 academic bona fides with studies on on concussions and he's worked with the nfl on that but chris is there any truth to that rumor going around that the board of trustees at michigan state uh i guess threw a monkey wrench into the process recently by saying we want to hire the president before the football coach i don't know that I, that I can't say for certain. Why would but, why would I mean, that happen? Do you think ultimately that's something that? I mean, let's face it. What's the more important situation in the pecking order? 
And do you want to hire a football coach and not have a university president on board with it that right. might change them, that mind? I mean, right. that's, you know, there's a, there's a, a process that goes into this, generally speaking. And you can't put the cart before the horse. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I do think that, you know, any president would want to install, especially a Big Ten school where the football program and oftentimes the head coach is the single most visible person on campus, um, more so than the university president, generally more so than the basketball coach, but obviously not here uh, at the moment. But th- there's no question that, you know, I, I, I've always said all along, you have to have a president in place because you don't want to have the backward stepping if you do bring in a president that doesn't like the person that you brought in as a football coach. Right. And I, I think that's important here because this guy, Guskowitz, who they've apparently offered the job to, uh, is a is a football guy, so that would help. I, I don't see it being a huge problem if they are got their heart set on getting the president hired before the football coach if it only costs a couple extra days or maybe a week. But if we go beyond that because this guy says no, then I don't know that they can afford to do that. Do you? I, I don't know if they can either. I mean, that's I mean the timing. You know, we talk about timing of Mark Antonio's retirement. And that obviously threw a monkey wrench into the last coaching search. The timing of not having a president with all of this is equally as as spoken stick uh, or stick and spoke to to the process of hiring a football coach right now. But signing day is coming up the end of December, you know, right before Christmas uh, for the early period. You want to have someone in place for the month of December to to get on the trail and revisit the recruits that you still have committed and try and bring the other ones back in the fold and maybe get some others to flip, whatever it might be. Um, so it is wonky timing yet again. And let's face it, the Mel Tucker situation two games into the year is wonky timing. Yeah. I mean, people talk about, well, Michigan State had all this time. They really did it because you're in limbo at that point. And I do think that's kind of if you want to look at the Urban Meyer rumors, it, it sure made the limbo fun, but you were always going to be in limbo if you were going to get another coach from another college because no one in the middle of the season is going to start talking. You might have some feelers out, but until you could actually get the in-person interviews, I don't think you can really ascertain who's real and who's trying to maybe prime their own pump mm-hmm. and get a, get a raise at their own institution or find another job or, and, and coaches aren't dumb. They see, they understand the pecking order of university hierarchy and not having a president in place can play a factor. Chris Solari is on the line with us, MSU beat writer for the Free Press. Let's dig in on the coaching search now. So let's start with what you just mentioned. Yeah, so I think some at some point over the last 72 hours, Tony Elliott's name started floating around, and he's the second-year head coach at Virginia. He was the Broyles Award winner as the top assistant coach in the nation not that long ago as he you know was the offensive coordinator under Dabo Swinney for two national championships at Clemson uh he has been bad at Virginia but not like that's an easy job even though it is in the ACC five and 15 record so far um, I don't know where this came from my suspicion Chris is it's what you just talked about that Tony Elliott or and or his agents floated this out there to try to increase his cachet. Like maybe he realizes it's not going to work out for him at Virginia and he wants to pull the ripcord after year two. 
do you have any insight on into that? And then the the other part of that would be also the other name that's gaining steam the last 24 to 72, 24 to 72 hours, which is Jason Candle of Toledo. And Jason Candle is a name that we've heard all along, quite honestly, like uh, as being a potential match, not necessarily a candidate. Um, you know, he would be a per- potential match as a candidate, I think would probably be the best way to say it. Um, because of his Midwest ties and because of the recent success he's had at Toledo, you know, the, the I, I don't see the Elliott fit at all. I, I know you, you want to talk about, um, you know, that this, this guy had, you know, the Royals award and he's been on Clemson staff and yada, 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 but he has no ties in the Midwest. And I mean, Anybody looking at this program right now, and I said this two years ago, you know, in 2021, coming out of the successful year that they had, Mel Tucker didn't prioritize Ohio at all. Mm-hmm. And that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, the most successful coaches in Michigan State history have mined Ohio. You know, Mark D'Antonio, George Perlis. Um, you know, and I, I don't think you, it's fair to look at what Duffy Doherty did because we all know that black players weren't allowed to play in Southern schools. I mean, the segregation was deep at that point, so they were able to get those players. But Michigan State has always needed those top-tier or second-tier Ohio guys, the guys that, like a Danico's Allen or, you know, the Connor Cooks of the world who had the chip on their shoulder for not getting Ohio State offers and maybe were off the radar, but there's such depth of talent in that state that you have to have someone that has an inkling of that. You can't just and I know we talk, people thought Mel Tucker could do that. Mel Tucker was from Cleveland and wasn't recruiting Ohio. Mm-hmm. That made no sense. So you're going to bring in Tony Elliott, who has no ties to Ohio and has been a Southern coach and player his whole career? I, I, don't, I don't see the, the mesh point there if you want to go a little RPO terminology. How about uh, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State? Similar problem with his candidacy, although... His name has, has been around for a while now, and I, I seem to think, you know, he's he played at Oregon State. He was a quarterback there for one of their best teams under Dennis Erickson. So, But the finances and economics of the situation would dictate with what's happening to them being left out of, you know, the, the conference realignment wars that he will probably, if he wants it, he could get a better job. And UCLA sounds like it might be open, and he's from Pasadena. What do you make of that name? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, it is, you know, this is what happens when you jump on names right out of the chute when someone has a hot start and don't take the body of work. I mean, I think that's kind of why his name has lingered a little bit. Um, you know, I, he, he's done well with not much, I guess you could say. 34 and 33 at Oregon State is probably knowing how well Oregon has played over the past decade or so and knowing how the rest of the the Pac-12 has been, um, you know, you look at those early years that he had at Oregon State, that was a tough sledding. And he's really done a great job there. Um, you know, would you call that, I mean, that's probably a little step above where Mark Antonio was coming out of Cincinnati. But again, you got to talk about the, the recruiting area. What is your prime targets? Where, what is your building blocks? I mean, uh, you give Mark D'Antonio a lot of credit for the things that he did with the program, but the biggest was that the tier one recruiting, the 
Michigan, Ohio, and the bordering states. It's very much how Tom Izzo built his basketball program. It, you have the name recognition. You have the, the feelers to get off-the-radar guys. And, you know, let's face it, it's not like Jonathan Smith's out there recruiting against USC, UCLA, necessarily on a daily basis, or really even Oregon, because Oregon is such a national recruiting base at this point. Um, what you look at when he comes into this program, if he were to get the Michigan State job, he would have to recruit against Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. The same problems that every coach in time of memoriam has had to deal with. And the one that really did it at the highest level was Mark D'Antonio by having his connections in Ohio and his staff's connections in Ohio and finding off the radar kids and guys on the rise that weren't necessarily five stars uh, when they got to college, but left college as five star guys because their trajectory was moving up. So I, I you know, it, you, he's certainly a name that has success and has done a, a great job at Oregon state. Would it translate? I don't know. Okay, then we, we got to talk about Urban Meyer. And I would love to hear your take on this because there are, there are two camps on this in you know MSU media or MSU Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's, there's camps that I've noticed is mostly constituted by mainstream long-term media types like yourself. Um, and I'm not trying to speak for you, but you know guys like that who, who have said this was never a thing. This was never real. There hasn't been any real talks between, uh, between the two, and it was never anything close to possible. And then there's the other side that say it, it has been real. It has been ongoing. There have been serious negotiations. And uh, depending on who from that side you talk to, the ball is either in Urban Meyer's court right now. They're waiting on him to decide what he wants to do, uh, or they're waiting for Michigan State to rally the financial troops and get the donors to line up the Brinks trucks to make this happen. I'm, I'm wondering what you have officially heard, if anything, and um, we'll go from there. So let's start with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, dep- it really always depends on the sources that you're talking to because the sources that I talk to have always said that this is a smokescreen. And, you know, at minimum, it keeps the jobs on people's lips. And in a time when you've had basically two months of an open position. And like I said before, the, the timing element and the parameters of trying to talk to legitimate candidates, the only people you really were going to be able to talk to during that window would be a guy like Urban Meyer who's out of the coaching realm right now. Um, but we've covered ad nauseum over the course of the last few months why it, it, it isn't necessarily a a good situation based on everything that Michigan state's already been dealing with in some ways, based on the culture issues that urban Meyer had at Jacksonville and now college sports taking a much more professional tone and, and turn with guys making money and things you got to deal with that you can't necessarily be an autocrat like urban Meyer was his previous stops when he was in college football. So, um, you know, the, the reality versus the smokescreen, I mean, I, I do wonder it, it, at some point are, are certain people talking up this Urban Meyer thing so much that you're going to turn off other candidates because there's gonna, they're going to feel like they are a letdown to a fan base. I mean, that could ultimately be let down regardless if it's, if it's not Urban Meyer, right? I mean, you know, that, it's, it's, it, it's such a weird dynamic. 
all of the, their Meyer talk, quite honestly. Um, because I don't think you would have undercut Harlan Barnett and the current staff knowing that there was a full season to play out and putting the kids in an even more transient position than you were. But I also think that there would have been something a little more concrete and definitive had it progressed to where some people say it had. What do you make of the... How do I characterize it? The, the chunk of MSU media that has been on the urban story saying it's real. Say, say that about like, was it two weeks ago this time that it really picked up and some serious negotiating was going on and some serious, um, you know, ground was being covered. And then the very next day it went super cold. And around the same time, that list of four names leaked supposedly out of Michigan State. You know, uh, I think it was Leipold, Jonathan Smith, Dickert, and I don't remember one other. What do you make of that? Like, um, is it, is it like possible? Was Kurt Signetti on that list? I don't remember, honestly. But the, the point is, Chris, do you, the, the argument there is that it was, it was getting serious into the high-level discussions of, of making this happen, and there was too much, too much getting out about it, so they battened down the hatches and immediately, you know, issued a mis- disinformation cam- campaign to kind of cover it with some, you know, false smoke signals. Is, do you buy that? And if you don't, is it possible? Are, are, are these people season ticket holders that are <laughs> reporting this? I'm just curious. Uh, oh, you're asking me? Seriously? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yes. Many of them are. So, I mean, take that for whatever you want with that. But listen, I mean, we're now going to start getting to the point where there's candidates. You could throw a wish list from September 10th onward. Um, now teams are getting towards the end of their season. Now coaches are thinking, do I want to stay at the current job I'm at or look to move up? Is a coach going to look at Michigan State as a step up? And which coaches will look at it as a step up? Um, you know, some of those names, like the Leipolds and the Dickerts and obviously Smith, you know, the situation out west, those two guys, that's, you know, that's logical candidates, right? Um, but I think we're going to start in the next few weeks and probably the next I'd say probably next 10 days we'll start getting a better idea of what's real and what's not. And and listen, if Urban Meyer was going to take this job, you would think that that's going to be the halftime show uh, on NBC when he takes it at the Penn State game, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a competitor. Wouldn't he he do it on Fox? Maybe. I mean, but if, if it's a competitor, I mean, you know, that's a partner you're not you're no that's longer true. yeah you're, you, you'd be taking a job to you, yep. all of urban myers games he, urban myers not going to have cameras following him around when he's not coaching by by fox yeah um one more question on that well not the urban meyer specific part but i, I feel like alan haller has done a really good job and of specifically keeping this ship leak leak free uh, I am really surprised by that. At, at the, I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Because because Alan he's a Heller cop. Was involved in, no, because Alan Heller was involved in the Mark D'Antonio coaching search back in 2006, and that was a situation where they had identified Mark D'Antonio well ahead of time, 
And D'Antonio said, I'm not talking until after my season is done. And they respected that. And you had Bo Pelini this, Bo Pelini yeah. that, um, Brian Kelly maybe this. And they had already identified D'Antonio. And, and Haller had told me a few years ago when, when D'Antonio was approaching the record, we, we had a conversation about this. And they met in, at, a, at an airport hangar, and he showed up, and they had the interview at an airport hangar. And they knew they had their guy. I, it doesn't surprise me. It, I mean, he, he was involved in that one with, with Ron Mason and Tom Izzo and, and the powers that be there. Um, you know, ultimately, the it, he, he was in some respects involved with the last coaching search, but a lot of that was Bill Beekman farming it out to mm-hmm. Glenn Sugiyama and his firm mm-hmm. and coming back with those candidates. And you, the timing of that didn't really lend itself to very good candidates. We're talking, again, pre-pandemic, but in February after coaches' meetings, which are in January, where no one's going to move a job at that point. <clears throat> and they had to basically pay Mel Tucker to move that other, move from his Power 5 job. So, you know, I, I think he understands that, and I think that's one thing that Alan Haller has done and shown is he's got the ability and understanding to navigate some of that with some of his other hires that we've seen. Now let's see how it plays out. And for all that we know, there could be a candidate already identified that no one has talked about. Oh, is that a, is that a hint that you know something? It is not a hint. It is not a hint, but I'm pointing to history with the okay. D'Antonio thing. It was, D'Antonio was, was mentioned tangentially. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's showing up with his Ohio State National Championship ring yeah. at the podium. You know what, though? That was pre-Twitter mm-hmm. or really early Twitter mm-hmm. days. And I just feel like it's even harder now to keep that from that kind of stuff from starting to seep out. I'm just I'm very surprised and in a good way that they've been able to keep stuff out of the media. And, uh, you know, it's, it's impressive to me. Um, last thing, Chris. So whether it's two or three weeks from now, like Michigan State is hoping to have a press conference where they trot out their next coach at that podium, probably the same place where they did it for Tucker in the Hall of History at the Breslin Center, right? So if you have to get it right, if I force you to make a call and it has to be right, your life depended on it, you can only name one name, who do you think it would be? Not Mel Tucker. (laughs) You're not going to play along. You can't do the bit with me, please. I mean, what you want me to say, Urban Meyer? No, I, I, mean, I, I want to. I want say, you to say who. You want me to say Jonathan Smith? You want me to say Brian Hartline? I'm not I looking for a specific name. I'm saying like the one that you think is the most likely. I know I'm not asking you to be Nostradamus, but like, who do you think is is re- the perfect combination of realistic, you know, like gettable fit, all of that that would make him the most likely guy that they're going to roll out there in a few weeks? I, I think. All those things, especially the most open to moving to the job, I think would be Jason Campbell. Um, but I still think there are other names out there. And as we're seeing, there's shakeups all around the country right now. And there are coaches there like Dabo Swinney expressing dissatisfaction at their current jobs that maybe end up getting a run at him or someone like oh. not necessarily Dabo, but someone of uh, uh, frustrated, similar to Dabo, not Dabo himself, but who knows? I mean, you know, that's the thing is I do think that Allen's played this really, really 
close to the vest. And mm-hmm. let's face it, Michigan State has really benefit in the last couple weeks from all the stuff going on at Michigan yep. to kind of keep this coaching search a little bit out of the public eye because the avalanche of news with Michigan has allowed this to kind of slide by. You're right. He's Chris Solari, MSU beat writer for the Free Press. I'll put you down for Jason Candle, and I would hate that, but I would rather have him over Dabo Swinney. That's for damn sure. Would, would you rather have Jason Candle or Tom Herman? Tom Herman. I'd still say Tom Herman. Me too. I'd still say Tom Herman too, but there's, you know. Off-field issues. The are with any of these yeah. guys, right? Yeah, but Tom Herman's are, are more prevalent probably than most, but. Still, I don't care. I'm not looking for a choir boy. I'm looking for a guy who wins football games. And he did it pretty well at Texas, just not enough, you know? So, all right, man. Well, thanks. We'll do it again. All right, we'll see you. Chris Solari, MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. Coming back to wrap it up in a couple minutes. Offensive-minded, I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7.30 a.m. Hey, before I get out, let me remind you. The game, 7.30 a.m., our local U.S. Marine Corps Reserves and the Salvation Army are teaming up once again to collect toys for tots. Every child deserves to wake up to a new toy on Christmas morning, and with your help, we'll make sure every kid in mid-Michigan gets to do just that. So between now and December 8th, drop off a new unwrapped toy at any of these collection points. Our station studios here, 3420 Pine Tree Road in Lansing, Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Jackson, any of the Hudson Inc. locations, any of the four across the Lansing area in Charlotte, Mason, Williamston, uh, to name a few, Portland, I think it's another one. Alumni Hall, right next to the Apple Store in Eastwood Town Center, or Mother and Earth Baby Boutique, that's 100 Cesar Chavez Avenue in Old Town. Members of the Marine Corps Reserve will work to distribute the toys to underprivileged children in the Lansing area in mid-December. Together, we'll make sure every child in this region has a Merry Christmas. And we're back up to these words. There's only one station in Lansing that you've depended on for sports for over 30 years. Some call us by our government-given name of WVFN East Lansing. You can call us by the name the people of Lansing know us by. And that name is The Game. 7.30 a.m. Start your weekday morning with the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout. Middays with Mike Greenberg. Offensive-minded with Beanie Howell. And The Huge Show with Bill Simonson. We're a force to be reckoned with. We're Lansing's only sports station. The game, 7.30 a.m. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Back to the best in sports talk now. We're Lansing's number one source for sports talk. The game, 730 a.m. All right, we're back wrapping it up with you. Basically out of time for the day. I can read one more message here on the coaching search from Spinebender and Hazlitt. He says, I'm kind of warming up to Matt Campbell, Iowa State. If you can recruit players to Godforsaken Ames, Iowa, and win, just thinking what he could do with the resources in a beautiful place like MSU. He's only 43. He's beaten some big dogs in the Big 12 over the years. Yeah, but he doesn't beat Iowa. That's a problem. At least to me it is. He says he's definitely passionate He beat every other team in the Big 12 at least once. Plus, he beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. 
He's good on offense and defense. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the problem there is I don't think he's on the list for Michigan State because reportedly last time around they approached him and he was not very receptive. That's what I've heard. Don't know if that's true. We can talk more about it tomorrow, though. So until tomorrow, 4 to 6, be safe and be good. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.